Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into Believe in Texas A&M. I'm Mandy Knight, joined by former Texas A&M quarterback Reggie McNeil Sr., also known as Reggie Mack. Reggie, how are you doing today? Life is great. You know, I, I mean, we, we took a tough L this past weekend, but other than that, you know, we, we moving right along. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, playing quarterback at Texas A&M, I mean, obviously you've been through the trenches as a football player at A&M. And, and so looking at that loss against Ole Miss on Saturday, why do you think that there should still be a, a lot of hope for this A&M team? I mean, granted, they were only down by a few points in the fourth quarter. Man, you know, it's it's one of those situations where it was a tale of two halves. They controlled the line of scrimmage the first half. And if we play how we supposed to play from jump, we got another win and we and we go on the road and we get that win against Ole Miss. I mean, but they just, I mean, they overall just played a better game than we did. I mean, from from start to finish, we didn't play a complete game. And I mean, it's tough to watch because I mean, you know, you know where you you where you can be and where you should where you should be at week eight, week nine of the season. And then you come out and, and and you play a game not to where the level that you're supposed to be playing is what we all expected as fans. is is tough to sit and watch, but I mean, just just knowing Jimbo and the, and the resiliency of the team and they, they'll bounce back. Oh, without a doubt. And in Jimbo's weekly press conference on Monday. He mentioned that it seemed like every time maybe they made an inch here, you know, a, a made some progress, something else went wrong, whether it be a, a flag or, or anything. And it's almost like everyone took turns during that game of doing something that kind of ended up, you know, hurting them in the end. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I mean, and those, and those type of plays always drive killers. And then if you if you get a stop on a second or third down, then you got to you add a flag to it. And I mean, it just it just kills the momentum of everything you're trying to do. And I mean, and it's it was out the norm for to see it, see it coming from my defense, especially I mean, for both sides, really. It was, I mean, because you're used to seeing a certain level being played at on, on a weekly basis. And seeing some of the mistakes that we were making is is frustrating because it's so late in the season and we still and we're making those type of type of mistakes. But I mean, it's like I said, man, Jimbo, he, they 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 get it all together. It's one of those games late in the season. It, and, and you think about it throughout college football, it was a bunch of those, I wouldn't say trap games, because ours was more of a, a big time game with two ranked teams. And having to go to Ole Miss, it, it is is a tough is a tough place to play. Without a doubt, and Jimbo also something that they've been, uh, you know, preaching this season. And it's a kind of a football coaching cliche, but I think it, you know they eat, breathe, and sleep it. Uh, it's a faceless opponent, and obviously, you know, of course, you don't want to put too much vested into one game and then you know take something off here. And and Fisher, his his explanation for that was saying that you focus on yourself. It's about preparation of, of who you're playing. It should not matter. And someone actually asked Fisher about that in the press conference. And, and after his response, uh, he said, you know what? Thank you. That made me happy. That made me, uh, that made <laughs> yeah. my day. Uh, but you know, when you played uh, quarterback at AM, what were some of the uh, maybe, you know, not necessarily co- coaching cliches, but some of maybe the mottos that your team uh, kind of rallied around? I mean, it was kind of pretty much the same stuff. I mean, we, is a, is we, we looked at a lot of stuff like state playoffs in Texas. I mean, you, you, is a one week season. It's not like the NFL where you where you can go and lay an egg one week and then bounce back and you all and you're okay. College playoffs in, in Texas, you have to show up on a week to week basis, no matter who you're playing, because everybody want to beat you. If you're at the top, they want to beat you because you're at the top. If you're mid, if you're in the middle, they want to beat you because they playing you. So <laughs> however you put it, whoever you playing against, if you're not prepared. You will, t- you will take some on the chin, and it, it, it is not a good feeling. 
without a doubt. And, you know, looking at A&M, it is unbelievable. Uh, their, their whole quarterback situation. I mean, Jimbo said it was a very tight race, you know, heading into the season, obviously Haynes was named the starter. And then he has that season ending, most likely season, season ending injury. Zach Alzada comes in. And I mean, and obviously it took maybe a game or so to get his feet under him, but I mean, he, that, he is, that kid has a lot of talent and that whole locker room, they say how tough he is. I mean, we've seen him get hurt bad in a game. I mean, the man dislocated his shoulder. His whole left side is missing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's a warrior. I mean, you have to respect it. I mean, win, lose, or draw, you have to respect the kid like that. And I mean, you hear people in the outside talking, but it's, it's, you have to respect the kid that goes out and lay it on the line for you on a weekly basis. And that's and that's why the kid, that's why everybody in the locker room has joined around him and came and just pushed him along. I mean, because I mean at the beginning of it, uh be, from being around and being over there throughout the summer, everybody was rallying around Haynes. Everybody, everybody, the, the locker room, everybody loved Haynes. It was just, I mean, and I and I said when I when I talked to him, it's that East Texas in him. I'm from East Texas and I and I okay. see it. And he got that little, that East Texas swag where he's not trying to be cool, but it may look to the people on the outside where he's trying to be, but he's not. It's just, that's just how he is. And he won that whole locker room over at the beginning. And then to see how the, the, the team rallied around Calzada, that just shows you the, the, the team aspect of it and how everybody there is just, they all there for each other. For sure. I mean, that's a sign of a great locker room family atmosphere. And a couple more thoughts on this game. I mentioned it earlier in the fourth quarter, you know, AM, they were down 15 to 13. I mean, they were in awful field position. That's when that interception happened. It went off of Demond Demas's hands. And, you know, it was a little bit of a high throw, but, you know, games obviously doesn't come down to to one or two plays, but I mean, a huge momentum swing like that. I mean, you're down by two in the fourth quarter a and I mean, they could have very well likely, you know, driven all the way down the field and scored a go ahead right. touchdown or even, you know, kicked a field goal, but little plays like that. I mean, the fact that it went the other way, it ended up being an interception. When you look at plays like that, you know, what's the biggest thing you think that this A&M team can learn maybe, you know, from that play and that kind of swing of, of a game momentum. Coach, they always tell you the, the play come to you because you never know which play gonna be that play the one that you're talking about so you never know so we consistently told consistently told make the simple play just make the play because you never know which one gonna be the big play and another play that sticks out in my mind after the game because we i go train my quarterbacks afterwards and one of my kids asked me about the play same demon demons i love him to death they threw the fade ball to the to the back of the end zone he jumped up, should have had the catch, hit right off his hand. And I told my kid, I said, but you look at his eyes. I said, his eyes went from the soon as the ball took, but but he was trying to see where his feet were. Granted, he was trying to make sure his feet was in bound. That's why he took his eyes off the ball and dropped the ball. I said, and I tell him that. So I say, listen, when a play like that presents itself, because they don't come often. When they present itself, you have to make them. I mean, you you don't get a lot of big plays in college. So when they present themselves, they have to be made. And we have the time. I mean, they they understand that. And I mean, the plays that, that should have been made, we didn't make it. I mean, it eventually ended up costing us. Very good point. It's always a take a one play at a time. You got to, you know, catch the ball first and then move forward. But I do think that AM will definitely learn a lot from this game. I mean, they have what it takes to make a deep run, hopefully. Yeah. And I mean, our defense was on the field for 60 plays in the first half. And as fast paced as Mississippi was going, I mean, we was only down what 15 or three at halftime or 15 it wasn't even it wasn't we wasn't out of the game yeah compared and they had ran 60 plays compared to our 25 defense was on the field the whole first half and we were down 
two scores tops. So the intensity was still there. We played decent. We could we play better? Yes. But I mean, it's, it's like you said, is is looking promising over there. It is. You know, it seems like every single week, some some reporters asking Jimbo, oh, you know, are you going to stay at AM? Are you going to stay at AM? <laughs> I mean, and he has the same response every week. But, you know, this week at his press conference on Monday, he actually said something. Sometimes people, they need something that they can actually understand. OK, this this man, he's staying here. So he talked about this. He's like, hey, think about this. Why, why in the, we have one of the greatest recruiting classes coming in. Why in the world would I, would I bring these guys in and then have to play against them? That yeah, makes, and it's just like, you know, and after he said that, I'm like, you know what? Some people that really don't understand what goes into to coaching and everything like that. That's something simple that makes 100% sense. It's like, why, yeah. why would he spend all that time, invest all those, you know, hours with all those kids to bring him in just to leave. And that, that man, he, he loves a and without a doubt. I mean, so you, is, is no other environment like it. I mean, we we went, I took my son and one of my quarterbacks to Arizona State. We sit in there, it's a packed crowd. I think they're about five, six thousand short of a sell, of a sellout. We sit in there, they yelling, they screaming. And me and my son, we like three seats down and we can talk. We can talk without overly doing it. Yeah. And he looked at me, he said, Daddy. This ain't nothing like AM. <laughs> I know, right? He's yeah. like, 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 man, AM, we be right beside each other. can't hear each other. I said, it's a it's totally different environment than anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people can talk about it, say what you want. But if you go in there and you look around and you understand what the was what's happening, man, it's 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 a super special place. I mean, did why I mean he like you said, he recruiting all these kids. And then why would he go to LSU? Now I can see if it was another conference, maybe. But you, yeah, he gonna he gonna have to play these kids three, four years. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, for but, sure. I mean, they have to have something to talk about, right? Yeah, that, no, that's true. That's true. It's like, come on, stop trying to make up yeah. that narrative. You know, I, I think that um the era of Jimbo Fisher, he has something special. I mean, he's called the quarterback whisperer for a reason. You know, right? And man, when when uh, not to take it because I love, like I said, I love Haynes to death. And I and I hate the fact that he had to get hurt this year because mm-hmm. then put, it's gonna put him and Connor on the same, almost the same playing field. Because who has experience? Neither one of them. Haynes mm-hmm. didn't assist him a little longer, but as far as actual game experience, so now you don't have three quarterbacks. But I mean, and, and luckily, I mean it's a good thing to have when you got three kids that can play. Like this year, if something was to happen, cause out with showers, and I don't think he they switched him to tight end. And then we got the walk-on kid. But yeah, that's, I mean, so having three kids that can get out there and play, that's going to be a big help for us too. And see, I mean, we got a, we got a, the class that's coming in next year. I mean, we got, we have some things that's in, that's in the making that, that is going to be pretty special over there and Excited to talk about their matchup against Prairie View A&M. And you can find that on Thursday and tune in every Tuesday and Thursday to hear our latest episode on Believe in Texas A&M. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.